Welcome to another episode of Sensibly Cynical. Today's guest is Megan Nadine. She is a singer-songwriter out of Canada, now living in Nashville, Tennessee. Amazing artist, even better person. This was a fun interview, and I know you will enjoy this one. So, here's my chat with Megan Nadine. All right, everybody. Joining me now, singer-songwriter Megan Nadine. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I was listening to your stuff on YouTube, and you're amazing. Thank you. I so, appreciate that. Yeah, so how did you get started? Well, when it comes to sharing music, that's kind of a bit of a new journey for me. I started sharing it openly in, like, 2017, but I've always kind of had a heart for writing and singing, but I kind of kept it to myself. Right, so is there a specific, uh, I guess, moment Do you're like, all right, I'm going to try to take this think seriously like this hobby and turn it into like a business or yeah so i had taken a trip abroad um to cambodia actually and when i was there i was there for about a month and i was teaching in a children's home and my last week there i started singing to some of the kids um just because i don't know children it's so different you don't feel like the judgment and all that stuff and i'm definitely really critical on myself and I was just kind of in the moment and started singing, not really thinking much about it. And they really liked it. And mm-hmm. then it kind of became a thing. And when I told my mom about it, she's like, you should just think about sharing a song or something of that nature, like with someone that you trust and you're comfortable with. And so I ended up sharing a song that I wrote with my best friend. Her name is Tanya. And I was terrified. But when I was done, she told me that I should actually think about pursuing it and you know sharing my passion with other people and so I think it was that spark of confidence from her that kind of made me think twice about okay you know what maybe I should pick more than just Mm -hmm. her to share this with and slowly it kind of started to come together what year was this this was and well when I went to Cambodia it was actually in 2013 and so I shared it with her then and I was in the middle of um finishing up a teaching degree oh I'm a I'm a substitute teacher Pardon me? I said, I'm a substitute teacher. No way. Yeah. What grades do you teach? Uh, just anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm primary junior, so like I have a, a special spot in my heart for the, the little ones. <laughs> but yeah, I just told myself I wanted to finish that and kind of started sharing my, my music, my songwriting with more people here and there as I was finishing my education. And then when I graduated, I kind of went for it. Yeah, so um, I did, before we get into the uh, music or the specific songs, I did a little, you know, did a little homework. And uh, I found, I it's a website, so I, 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 uh, I found some descriptive words about you that I would like to get some, uh, like if you could expound on. I wrote them down as it says... To be an honest and authentic voice to those in need to provide hope through altruistic platforms. Can you expound on that? Was it, is, can you expound on that and that, what that means to you? Yeah, so why I decided to kind of go down this music path is, you know, I was so moved by my experience in Cambodia. And I thought if I could create music and write songs that allow me to 
generate an income, how amazing would it be to use my platform to advocate for people that are in the same situation and circumstances that I worked with in Cambodia, um, as well as be able to take proceeds from that Mm -hmm. income and donate it back to them. So a huge part of the driving force in my music is not only connecting with people through songs that I write, but I have hoped to create a platform that allows me to advocate and be a voice for those who need it, the people who maybe, you know, don't have the platform themselves or, you know, are overlooked or underheard. And uh, if they hear your music, they it's an inspirational lyrics. Is that you want to provide, you're just not doing lyrics just to do lyrics. You want to do lyrics that mean something, right? I do. It's that, really important to me that I do. And I love writing songs. I'm trying to, you know, step away from being so tied to two stories just as a songwriter because I'm trying to grow. Um, yeah. And, you know, finding, like, for an example, writing a song about the waves. I know that's really generic, but, like, right. being descriptive about that and making it into something beautiful, I think, is would be really cool as well. But there's something really special to me about being able to share a song that I wrote when I'm in a specific uh, emotion, feeling place in my mm-hmm. life that I can share and, you know, people can listen to and think, okay, you know what, me too. And I'm someone who gets caught in my head a lot and I've definitely struggled with anxiety and I find I write some of my best music when I'm in some of my lowest places. And so if I can share those, you know, uncomfortable moments and make them into something beautiful and something that someone can relate to and find hope in, I think it's a pretty special thing. Yeah, I agree. So where are you from originally? I am originally from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, Canadian. I like it. Yeah, I was actually, I actually had a uh, Canadian artist on not too long ago, uh, Live Chaos. He's pretty cool. Um, We'll have to look into him. He does... Be, he's like a beat maker. Oh, right? very cool. <laughs> so he could just do, you know, he could just do uh, lines off the top, you know? That is very cool. <laughs> so he's one That's of those guys. Um, all right, so you're from Canada. So talk. it says Nashville on your website. So talk about that uh, transition to the States, if you don't mind. Not at all. Um, so when I first started putting myself out there, I ended up going to this showcase in the greater Toronto area. And it was the first time I'd ever sang in front of an audience. And there was a vocal coach um, that was hosting the boot camp, like the vocal boot camp side of this workshop um, slash showcase that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. And so she asked if I was working with anyone and I wasn't. And we started working together and she had done some networking in Nashville and had developed some really good relationships. And they had, she had thrown a showcase um, just I guess, for this development company out of Nashville to come down and scout out some Canadian artists. Mm -hmm. And so I connected with them and I ended up working with their development company and just coming back or coming here here to Nashville um, here and there and just networking. And I ended up developing some really great relationships and it led to some pretty cool opportunities that provided me the chance to move here. I moved here a year and a half ago, so right before things got crazy with yeah, the okay. pandemic. How has the pandemic changed like your professional life, like when it comes to singing it, and stuff? I mean, moving here and then everything shutting down was really difficult just because you couldn't 
get into like even now going into assisted living homes to, to play music or childcare centers. I was really um, motivationally driven doing stuff like that. And a huge part of my identity back in my own home community was just connecting with people. And so it made it really difficult, you know, not to be able to do stuff like that. And so that was really hard. And I think it felt the hardest, you know, just recently, Mm -hmm. Like it was really difficult at the time, but you know, everyone was kind of going through it. So I couldn't feel sorry for myself there. I was staying safe and I was healthy. So I really couldn't complain. And I was lucky enough to be able to work with people that, you know, we all quarantined and, mm -hmm. and then it allowed us to work together because, you know, we had our small circle. Right. And, right. and so I was lucky enough to, to still be able to write and, you know, create my album which was really amazing. It was already mm -hmm. started um, pre-pandemic, but right. it was nice that I got to finish that out. And I think it was just most difficult in the last, like, I would say six months, you know, mm -hmm. just coming back down and things are still, we have a new normal. And hmm. so it, it, it was a little difficult, but I know I'll make it through it. Of course, we all will, you know? It's yeah. <laughs> got to have that optimism, as you were saying, you know? Yes. Optimism, optimism, and faith. <laughs> there you go. Um, so let's let's go into the specifics of some songs. What was the idea behind? Uh, was it Joker? What was the yes. what was the idea behind that song? Very, very uh, slow, in my opinion, but a good kind of slow. Thank you. Um, so I guess why it's so slow is because I was really in my feelings, and I had gone to see um, the Joker movie with Walking Phoenix. And I don't know if you've seen it. Have I you? have. I'm a I'm a fan. I know it's, yeah. it sounds to be kind of creepy, but I like no. I like movies like that. You know what? Me too. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> it just it really messed me up, you know, like being in that theater and I actually went to go see it with Tanya, my best friend, and we were really messed up over it cuz And I've said this many times, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's the truth. I feel like it brought to light a lot of the things that people deal with, um, you know, when it comes to having mental health and you know, how people treat them and how we treat each other. And this character, although it was a character, it was real. People deal with that stuff all the time. And I'm an empath, so when I left that movie, I was just really messed up about it so I just sat in my room it was like one in the morning I pulled out my guitar and I just kind of pressed record on my phone and it fell out of me literally that night it fell out of me and so I think it's like really it's emotionally heavy and it it does have you know a slow tempo because it's it was I was in a really I guess anxious kind of depressed place after seeing that movie mm -hmm. and it definitely comes out and not only the lyric but the tempo as well yeah so did you did you start writing that right after you watched the film literally that night I, we got out at like 12 30 in the morning i went home and i wrote the song i sat in my room and i wrote it yeah now let's transition to a more i guess upbeat song <laughs> <laughs> that i guess it was like a month ago and you already have like One point, I think I wrote it down. One point one thousand views on YouTube. Heartless was it? Heartless heartbreak. Is that what it's called? Yes, sir. Heartless yeah. heartbreak. Yeah, my uh, I can read my uh, own penmanship. You know, <laughs> that's a good thing as a sub. That's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. So, what was it behind that song that 
like you gravitated towards? Like you were like, was it one of those where it's like you start writing and you're like, all right, this is a good change of pace? Actually, I walked into a writing session with the intent to write something upbeat because a lot of my stuff is written when I'm more, for me, my songs are like my little diary entries. And so I'm not always writing them when I'm feeling joyous, I guess you could say. Um, And so being someone who's focused on making writing something that, you know, I I hope to do for a long time, I'm trying to broaden my horizons as a writer. And I went in with the intent to write something upbeat. And so I did. Was it one of those where you like, all right, I got a hit here? You know what? It felt good. And... When I write music, I feel like I don't really think about that, to be honest. I'm trying to a little more now that I'm getting deeper into the songwriting world. Mm. But I find when you don't focus on making it a hit, it usually comes together. When you're chasing something like that, for me personally, it takes away from the authenticity of a song. And I feel like any Mm. song, no matter what song, genre, you can feel it's authentic and people gravitate to that naturally. Mm. I see you have a really big following you know, on uh, on social media, how hard was it to get like traction online with your stuff? Are you are you, are you an independent artist? I am currently independent, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm constantly trying to be better at social media. I'm definitely a bit of an old soul when it comes to that. So, running to my social platforms isn't the first thing I like to do in the morning. But do you have a like a circle around you that helps out with stuff? With social media stuff, I mean. I do have a bit of guidance, but they know that I'm authentic to myself, too. So, mm. I mean, to have someone say, you should post this and make it about that, it just doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I got into this industry is um, I just want to show people that you can be yourself and that's enough. And so mm. having someone tell me what to do when it comes to how I'm going to look or be perceived just isn't really in my, it's not something I'm wanting to do. Yeah, so was it something that people just liked your music and then it got passed from ear to ear? People were like, oh yeah, check her out. This is a good song. And then it just spread? Yeah, that's honestly, that's a huge piece of it. Um, and I find that like, I because I was someone that was so insecure and talked so heavily and deeply about my insecurities, I think that helped build my following a lot too. Like for the people that knew me and knew what I was doing and You know, I went from wanting to be a teacher to now pursuing something that I really, at one point, I didn't think I was worthy of or good enough to do. And then I just started working at it and putting myself out there. It helped me build my following. You were saying about an album. So talk about that. Is it it, uh, something that's coming out soon? I actually released it. Did you? Yes, like during the pandemic. And... I had some people advise against putting all these songs together at once, but I really wanted to show that, you know, I'm an artist and I wanted to release a body of work. What's it called? It's called This Was Then. Okay, and how can people find it? You can find it on all platforms just by searching my name. (laughs) There you go. That's the power of uh, (laughs) social media. Just type in letters on Google. That's it. continue on with the story behind it if you don't mind um so this was then well i decided to call the album this was then because i felt like like i told you earlier um a lot of my songs are kind of little diary entries for me and they were songs that i had held on to for a couple years and i felt like i was changing as a writer and continuing to grow as a person as we all do and i was just ready to let go of them um i believe in energy and i believe in 
you know, the law of attraction and all that's that what people like to call hoo hoo stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I needed to energetically release those songs in order to make room for more. And I think that it was just kind of paying onus to these songs and, you know, it just felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, 100%. I respect that. Um, so let's talk about, I know probably what some of the listeners are thinking about. What's it like being, I guess, a pop singer in a country country town? I mean, let's be honest. What's it like? To, what's it like being that? It's definitely different when you, you know, go to some of the writer's rounds or you play a show and the person on before you is playing country and the person that goes on after you is playing country. But... You know what, it's pretty, it's a really great music community here in Nashville, and there are a lot more genres here than just country, which is pretty amazing. Um, It's recently, you know, it got its name Music City, and it's like considered, I think, one of the music meccas in the country, so there's a lot more uh, than just country here, and there are some really phenomenal writers outside of the country genre, both inside and outside, but considering, you know, it's a home of country music, there's a lot more here than just that, which is pretty cool. Do you feel it's kind of similar to like um, New York or LA for act for acting? Like if you if you want to be if you want to be a you know an artist in the South, you go to Nashville, right? I mean, that's just is that what it's turned into? Yes, absolutely. And there are people coming from like all over. You see them coming from Miami, yeah. from New York, from LA. Because more and more, um, you know, labels and stuff are opening offices here. There's so much happening. And, and yeah, it's a pretty great city. So who were your inspirations musically growing up? Um, definitely my grandmother, I'd have to say, the first one. I know that's a little, probably not what you were planning to hear. No, it's, um, take it to, like I told you, take it the way you want to take it. Yeah, so my grandma, she wrote music. And my mother grew up listening to songs she wrote. And then in turn sang them to me growing up. And... I think that played a huge piece. I know it played a huge piece in my writing because um, she would share these stories of what inspired the songs. And so I thought, okay, well, you want if something's going on or you know, you want to talk about it, write about it, sing about it. And so I definitely was influenced at a young age to write music. I mean, as young as seven, mm-hmm. six, I was writing songs. <laughs> And I actually didn't know that. Like, I don't even really have memories of it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then my my family, they were um, doing renovations in the, like, home office space. And my dad had found these old books where I had written songs and signed my grade. Really? (laughs) Yeah, my name. And it's like, Megan Nadine, grade one. Well, it reminds me of those. Um, I saw a meme. Are you in the memes? I am. Did you see the meme where? Remember? Do you remember those old Senate notebooks that people used that people used to have, where you could put your name and grade, and you would see your buddy from like two years ago? Yes. <laughs> did you see the meme about that? No, I did not. You'll have to send it to me. It's like uh, it's like um, I forgot the I forgot the actual uh, text, but it was like uh, it was a super hard flex when you knew somebody. It's like the because I remember seeing my buddy like oh yeah he he had the same teacher I did like three years ago what <laughs> <laughs> and there's like twenty kids and I got his same book you know that that was a that was real back then you know that was that was one of 
I, I really enjoyed that part of school. I know it sounds so dorky, but when you see like a friend that used to have the same textbook or look back and you're like, I wonder when this was written because they go back so far sometimes. Yeah. What's the first album that you ever bought as a kid? Spice Girls. Yes. Which, which Spice Girl Spice were you back then? I loved Baby Spice, but I, lo- I, I loved Baby Spice, but I loved them all. Even the one that, even Mel B, who's on, uh, what was she on? America's Got Talent? Yes, she was Scary Spice. Yeah. So what was it about um, them that you liked so much? Because what people don't understand is they were like legit even before TLC. Weren't they before TLC? Like they were in that same time frame, you know? Yeah, I believe they were. I was a big TLC fan. I was a TLC fan. I loved, like I loved the Spice Girls. Mm -hmm. I feel like I... Yeah, I love the Spice Girls. I was obsessed. Yeah, was it just their was it their style, like how they dressed, or? Yeah, I just thought it was so cool because there was like a, a personality that you could see. You know, there was five different personalities, and they each had their own bit of spice. And there was one like everyone could find at least one to relate to mm-hmm. in one way or another. And I thought that was really cool. And then just their aesthetic, like the platform boots and. And they had, like, a style that was just so authentic. And they were international, so that was cool, too. It was a worldly kind of group, you know? Yeah. But uh, what about the... Actually, before we get... Before I get there, so when did you actually, like... Have you actually done shows live? Or was this, like, did you not start, like, getting into your groove till after the pandemic started? Talk about that. So I was doing a lot of live shows back in my hometown. Okay. I would play at events and fundraisers. I, I was really driven by playing at fundraisers because I want to, you know, be able to, like I was telling you before, like advocate and mm-hmm. um, make change. And so I was very passionate about doing stuff like that. And I would do like mental health events, um, raising money for um, women's shelters and the shelter house and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that, I did a lot of stuff in that regard. And then just my own little shows at like coffee shops and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I was supposed to play Canada Day in my hometown. Mm. There was estimated to be about like 25,000 people. Really? Or to 30,000 people. And then it got rained out. Of course. So that of course. one kind of stung a little bit. I'm from bit, Florida. I, I know all about rain. <laughs> I believe everything happens for a reason, though, so it all worked out as it should. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't that all about life is, you know, you go with the good, go with the bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> What's that song? Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, no, so um, do you want to get signed to Let's just get right to the chase. Like, is your goal to, are you in any rush to get signed to a, a major deal, or do you like the way you're going now independently? What's your thoughts on the, on your future? Or are you just going to go wherever it takes you? I like being independent because I like that I get to kind of, you know, make decisions. I'm not saying that people at labels don't. Um, but it's just nice to be able to figure out myself as an artist independently before kind of going down the road of a label. Um, but I'm definitely, I mean, who wouldn't be open to it you know like if the right fit is there it's always nice to have a team behind you that is helping rally for you and bring things together so it's definitely something I'm interested in um it's just about going with the flow and seeing where music my music takes me Mm -hmm. you got any good stories you said you were uh you know go performing you got any stories you can share Mm, let me think I'll tell you about a 
the time where I met somebody. I was going, I went to this writer's round in Thunder Bay, where I'm from, and there was a an older gentleman there, and it happened to be his birthday. He, was, he just turned 80, and he approached me, and he thanked me for a song that I wrote. He said it reminded him of his late wife and how much he missed her and stuff like that. Well, I ended up going to a Pride rally. Not a rally, sorry. They were like, um, it was right before they were doing elections, and so there was a panel and people asking questions, and... He happened to be there, and I was there as well, and then we were chatting, and I found out he actually used to be neighbors with my late uncle that had passed mm. away. And he ended up, we become friends, and he ended up coming to all of my shows and supporting me, and when I moved here, he, he'd write me letters and um, sent me a birthday card, and I know it's not a crazy story but I do believe that everything happens for a reason like I told you before and I find it so wild that you know he was neighbors with my uncle and he was going through a place where he just lost his wife and I kind of believe that angels were in the works and brought us together I you know I 100% believe that too you know I I believe that you know there's some things that happened that have happened in my life that's like all right there has to be you know a reason for this, things have happened that's like, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I'll think about something and then, like, all of a sudden it'll happen. It's just like, hmm. I know. It's crazy how things work. And so that's definitely something that, one that pops up into my head now. I mean, another thing that was pretty special, um, I ended, I was asked to play at an assisted living um, home residence. And I was playing for seniors that had dementia and, you know, they didn't, a lot of them didn't speak or anything like that because they just really had a lot of struggles with when it came to dementia and stuff like that. And so I put a set list together of songs like, you know, Elvis and Take Me Out to the Ball Game and just like different songs that mm-hmm. I hope they would know. And there were people there that started singing, like people that would never talk at all and they were singing with me. And it was one of the most special moments. And you could tell everyone in the room was like, it was, it was very intimate. There wasn't a bunch of people. There was probably like, I think 15 seniors and then some of the, the nurses and stuff like that. And um, family members of the people living there. And it was just a really special moment. Um, it was really special, you know, when you see someone and what music can do, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it was just, it was pretty amazing. And so not being able to do stuff like that now has definitely left a bit of a space in my heart. Yeah. Well, one of the covers, speaking of music as influential, I saw the cover on YouTube, You Broke Me First. Why did you decide that song? Like that was the song that I wanted to put on YouTube. I really like the lyrics and I think it's very relatable. I think everyone's been in a situation where they care about someone. I mean, if you're old enough. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a good song. But- I like, and your performance is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the song personally, you know, like I really liked listening to it and it felt relatable and something that I've experienced. And so I wanted to kind of put my own little twist on it and I ended up sharing it. Well, Megan, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for your time. I'm, I really appreciate you having me on the show and I had a lot of fun talking with you. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Uh, so uh, social media, where can people find you on there? Yes, you can find me 
by searching my name, Megan Nadine, and there's no E in the end. The I is like an E because I'm Italian, so. Got it. <laughs> very, very uh, worldly person. I love it. <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. <laughs> and this, is, yeah, this has been a blast. It really has been. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really do I've, uh, I've tried to eliminate the cynicism with you on this, you know? <laughs> I appreciate it, but I could have taken it. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I know, I know when, I know when and when not to, you know. I know the boundaries. I've done enough of these. <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. The podcast is great. I love talking to. It's been music heavy lately. I, you know, it's a lot of it is people similar to you, independent artists that enjoy uh, not having, you know, not like you were saying. Not that it's like a burden, but having the freedom to do. You know, if I want to put this cover on there, I don't have to ask like ten people. I can just upload it on there and do it. You know, and. Uh, I think I hear that that part's really nice. It is. As you start to build a team too, even though it's not a label, you start to value and respect the opinions of your team. So although mm-hmm. there's not ten people, I definitely have people that I I confide in. They they give me creative reign, but I definitely take their opinions. Well, Megan, this has been amazing, and I super appreciate um, the amount of time you've given the interview uh, tonight. And thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. I had so much fun talking with you, and thanks for asking me to be on your show. All right, you take you take care. Thank you, you too. All right, there you go. Once again, I would like to thank Megan Nadine for coming on the podcast today. Um, before I go any further, back on August 29th, I posted an album cover on Instagram, which you can follow, Sensibly Cynical Pod. What rock band had this cover for an album? It was the album Siamese Dreams, by legendary rock band Smashing Pumpkins. Somebody named it. It's a Lolliday. You know, Dolores Gibbs, she was on the podcast um, not too long ago. So uh, there's your shout out. It's awesome connecting with you. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Also, check us out on the aforementioned Instagram at Sensibly Cynical Pod, like I just said. Twitter at Cynical Sensibly and check out our Facebook group. Um, I have more awesome interviews lined up. So be on the lookout for those. Take it easy, guys.